From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we take a deeper look at stories from our radio newsrooms across the country. Today, On Deadline is taking a lens to the Middle East, where a coordinated attack from the United States and the United Kingdom is making headlines and raising fears about an escalating conflict that engulfs even more resources from a greater number of countries. The target of U.S. ire, and bombs, is an Iran-backed military group called the Houthis. This group appears to have been hiding in plain sight while the world was focused on the Israel-Hamas war. NBC News reported that after Israel launched its military assault on Gaza, in retribution for the Hamas terrorist attack, the Houthis declared support for Hamas. They began launching missiles at Israel and bombarding ships in the Red Sea. According to the United States Institute for Peace, Iran is the key supporter and enabler of the Houthi military group, offering training, arms, and intelligence, as well as other forms of support. Now, Iranian-backed assaults are hitting U.S. ships in the waters surrounding Yemen. And the U.S. is responding with sweeping airstrikes to diminish the militants' capabilities to launch attacks. Now, we know this is all rather complicated, so here's a quick background. Yemen, the poorest country in the region, has been racked by a civil war since August 2014, when the Houthis seized Yemen's capital and forced its president into exile. The situation in Yemen is so dire that in December 2021, the UN called it the largest humanitarian crisis in the world, with 80% of Yemen's population in need of aid. That's an estimated 32 million people. While these people starve, Houthi militants are focused on attacks, first Israeli vessels, and now U.S. and U.K. ships. To break down what's happening, former congressman, White House chief of staff, director of the CIA, and secretary of defense, Leon Panetta, joined Odyssey. You know, a lot of the people who were killed and injured were commemorating that four-year anniversary of the assassinating by, uh, assassination by the United States of General Soleimani, who was considered the architect of uh, regional militias and powers that oppose Israel and the United States. So I guess my first question to you is, does this suggest that even though the so-called architect of the militias against the U.S. and Israel are gone, someone or something has replaced that void? Well, it, it, uh, there's no question that uh, this has all the markings of a terrorist attack. And I know that uh, Iran uh, is pointing figure, fingers at uh, Israel and the United States, but very frankly, it has all the earmark of terrorism uh, and we have to remember that uh, ISIS uh, has conducted attacks uh, in Iran. There are opposition groups uh, that have conducted attacks in Iran. And even though Iran is threatening uh, retaliation, I hope they take the time to really determine who exactly was involved before they escalate uh, the situation in the Middle East. With your incredible perspective, given your amazing leadership, how worried are you that this will lead to a widening conflict, especially given the the war against Hamas in Gaza? Well, there's no question that uh, the events uh, over these last few days are increasing the danger of uh, escalation in the Middle East. Uh, you know, with the uh, killing of a Hamas leader in Beirut, there's obviously concerns about what Hezbollah will do next. The, the killing uh, of 100 people in Iran obviously raises uh, an implication as to how Iran will seek vengeance, uh, and that could escalate the war. Uh, there's also the presence now of an Iranian warship in the Red Sea, along with Houthi attacks. 
attacks uh, against uh, commercial shipping, uh, and that's going on uh, as we speak. And then add to that the continuing attacks on U.S. forces. Uh, there have been five attacks since the new year uh, for a total, I think, of almost 118 attacks against our forces uh, in, in Iraq and Syria by proxy Iranian forces. So you put all of that together, and uh, it raises the real possibility that any kind of miscalculation could really result uh, in a dramatic escalation of events in the Middle East. My question to you, of all those incidents that you were just recounting right now, are they directly related? Are some groups using the, the cover of the war in Gaza uh, to escalate things to their own to their own aims? Well, there's no question that events in the Middle East uh, have escalated the uh, terrorist attacks uh, that uh, have been taking place, whether they're proxy forces for Iran or whether it's uh, Hezbollah or whether it's uh, other uh, groups that uh, have ties to Iran and have been causing instability in the Middle East for, for years. When, when events take place like a war, in uh, in Israel and in Gaza, it really does raise the temperature gauge with regards to a, a whole group of terrorists who will try to take advantage of the chaos in one way or another. That's that's why I think all of us have to be very concerned that any any terrible miscalculation or misjudgment that uh, someone makes that tries to take advantage of the chaos could very well be the, the match that lights uh, an even larger explosion in the Middle East. In the Red Sea, several U.S. commercial vessels have found themselves in the crosshairs of the fighting in the Middle East, with reports of attacks occurring throughout the end of last year. Now, some are wondering if the attacks could cause a disruption in the global supply chain. Joining Odyssey to discuss what impact the ongoing fights could have on the supply chain is Dr. Jason Miller, a professor of supply chain management at Eli Broad College of Business at Michigan State University. So what is the current situation right now? Are shipping companies able to safely reroute their vessels? Yeah, what we're seeing right now is most of the container operators are consciously rerouting around the Red Sea via the Cape of Good Hope, which adds, you know, anywhere between about eight days to two weeks to most journeys. And it has caused an increase in spot prices, so one-off prices for sending shipping containers. Is that pretty much what we can expect to see in terms of an impact for consumers, just continually rising prices? So I'm very much not worried about this causing any type of serious inflation um, because it's important to understand that the vast majority of stuff that moves in containers moves under contract prices. They're fixed for a year. And so an importer like Walmart, they're the largest importer in the United States. They're not being affected by this from a price standpoint yet. And right now, this is a unique time of year because we have Chinese New Year coming up in February. So there's a rush to get containers out of East Asia in January. But once Chinese New Year kicks in, factories, you know, shut down, there's going to be a little bit less pressure. Um, plus, there's a tremendous amount of additional container shipping capacity coming online this year. So I would say consumers have minimal concerns from an inflation standpoint. So tell us a little bit about what's happening in there. I mean, what, what what's going on? I mean, these attacks, so it's militants who are atta actually attacking commercial shipping vessels. And when we say attacking, you know, what, is that, what does that mean? What does it look like? 
So right now this is consisting of, you know, attacks with missiles, so shooting missiles at ships or bomb-laden drones. Um, recently there was a uh, sort of a seaborne drone attack. This is selective, you know, at countries that are, you know, essentially uh, at war. I shouldn't say at war, but, you know, opposed to the Houthis. One thing to keep in mind, too, is this is really affecting the container shipping sector, but most of the bulk shipping sector. So whether it's dry bulk products like grain or especially petroleum products like jet fuel, those are still routing through the Red Sea. So this is really affecting one sector much more than others. In response to the attacks, the U.S. and U.K. have launched strikes against the Iran-backed rebels in Yemen. The United States has also launched its Operation Prosperity Guardian, an effort to keep commercial vessels traveling in the Red Sea safe from any attack by the Houthis. Still, tension in the region remains high. Worries that this will lead to a wider war in the Middle East also continue to grow. President Joe Biden has reached out to Iran in an attempt at de-escalation. He said last week that they privately delivered a message about the ship attacks. Middle East expert Ben Rad joined Odyssey to share more on the coordinated effort in the Middle East. How concerned should we be that this might escalate into a full-on military conflict uh, between the U.S., the U.K., and Iran? Well, we're now one step closer to that. The question is going to be, will Iran engage further? Already it's operating through its proxies, the Houthis, and whether or not Iran will escalate and step up and whether the Houthis can conduct attacks elsewhere in the broader region, that's going to determine how much further this goes. But definitely we are one step closer than we were before to a broader conflagration. Is the Israel-Hamas war, was it what Iran was looking for to, to open these gates like this? Yeah, it's sort of a linkage that Iran is trying to make. It's trying to create this idea of solidarity. Obviously, Iran is Shia country, the Palestinians and Hamas being Sunni Muslims. So there is no natural alliance there. But as Iran tries to assume the mantle of leadership in the broader Muslim world, this is the overture that it makes, the steps that it takes in order to to, to really establish its bona fides with other Muslims and Arabs in the region, even though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in terms of their own ideology. What is Russia's role in this? As, as we know, Iran and Russia have been making their ties a bit closer, especially as the Israel-Hamas war has been heating up. Is Russia behind this? Well, what's interesting is if you look at the coalition of, of, of countries that are involved in, in protecting the Red Sea from attacks by the Houthis, notably absent, not just in terms of contributing, but even dialogue, even uh, vocal support, are the Russians and the Chinese. So even though there's no evidence that they are directly involved in making matters worse, they are doing nothing to de-escalate. The Russians in particular, who wouldn't be surprising if they're assisting uh, Iran's allies in Syria to create problems for the United States there in retaliation. Can this be tamped down? What is it going to take to do that? It's going to be sufficient pressure on the Houthis and also on Iran to not escalate further. If they want merely to conduct tit-for-tat operations on the Red Sea and they understand that's as far as they can get, then yes, it will stay confined. But as of now, the Houthis, um, their, their foreign minister just released a statement indicating that they absolutely intend to retaliate and respond to what they say is U.S. and British aggression towards them. If this thing devolves and escalates, who gains the most from it? Well, um, if it does anything to weaken the Houthi position, it undermines or weakens Iran's proxy in the Arabian Peninsula. On the other hand, there is no defeating the Houthis in this instance. Uh, the Saudis weren't able to do it after years and years of trying an eight-year war. And so if the Houthis emerge from this having survived, it emboldens them and by association Iran, which is its patron. 
who are these Houthis? We really haven't, We, you know, in all the talk of conflict in the Middle East, the Houthis, we've only heard very little about them. Yeah, they're a, a sort of a militia movement um, whose religious ties are connected more to Shia Muslims than they are to Sunnis. They are a small group in the northern parts of Yemen in the mountains. If you if you look at their flag, it tells you everything that they stand for. It has five phrases on it. Um, praise be to God, death to the United States, death to Israel, a curse upon the Jews, and glory to Islam. That is basically their mantra. That's why, that, that's why they exist, is to really deliver on those five aims. Their goal is, was to take over Yemen and its government to give them really a, a, a country, to, a, a base of operations to operate from. With war still waging in Ukraine, Israel, and Gaza, the United States and its allies have found themselves walking a tightrope. While the president wants to continue to support the efforts by both Ukraine and Israel, he risks upsetting Russia, Hamas, and their allies. Al Jazeera even reported that, quote, the U.S. is acting as arsonist and firefighter by urging both Middle East de-escalation and backing Israel and Gaza. And Americans are less likely to support war efforts now than they were just a few months ago. According to a recent Quinnipiac University poll, 45% of Americans support providing more military aid and 46% oppose it. This is compared to 54% who supported it back in November. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has supported the bombings, saying, The United States and our allies must leave no room to doubt that the days of unanswered terrorist aggression are over. On the other side of the aisle, Democratic Representative Barbara Lee said, Violence only begets more violence. As for the Houthis, it appears that their demands are clear. They've said they'll end attacks on Red Sea ships in exchange for Israel halting strikes strikes on Palestinians in Gaza. So far, these strikes have killed at least 23,000 people, most of them women and children. In statements last week, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu indicated that he doesn't have plans to end the war against Hamas anytime soon. In a video shared to X on January 13th, he said, quote, continue to the end until absolute victory. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strausser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Lauren Barry. Thanks for listening to On Deadline, Odyssey's serving of a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts to stay informed. 